0: Jacob Allbrock, Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH.
1: And welcome in, everybody, to a, well, a Reaction Tuesday of sorts. We usually do this on Mondays, but we don't usually get three college basketball opening night games in one night. Happy basketball season, everybody. We're also right in the middle of football season. We got a lot to cover today on Sports Daily. Your reaction, 869-1240. We'll talk Shockers. We'll talk Jayhawks. We'll talk Wildcats. All three with impressive wins in their openers we'll get into all of that throughout the show here we'll take your calls on it we want to hear from you shocker fans uh what did you think of the new look shockers we'll start with wichita state just a little bit uh we've also got dan israel of the chiefs radio network coming up in the second hour to get ready to well We'll look back at one of the strange games of the Patrick Mahomes-Andy Reed era, but it was strange in a good way because they found a way to win it. We'll talk about that and then look ahead as well for the Kansas City Chiefs. Lots to get into today. Uh, Powerball numbers are out. I'm still here, so you can guess if, uh, if I hit the jackpot. Tommy, welcome in. Did you get your Powerball tickets? Did you win?
2: Well, I mean, clearly, I'm still here too. I'm not going yeah. anywhere. So, um, you know, if that was any, if that was the, the case, then I would be on a plane somewhere to a, a private island, and you would never hear from me again.
1: I don't know what I would do, but uh, we'll see if anybody wins that thing. And and I look, I don't, I don't waste my time unless it gets up over, I don't know, five hundred million. Uh, not that, not those chump change drawings. We're, <laughs> we're playing for the real money now. Uh, Jad, did you get a Powerball ticket? I, we heard you here before we got on the air, so we assume you're not a winner today. Uh, no, I am unfortunately not a winner. Okay. Well, with our powers combined, uh, we'll get there someday. We've got a cool giveaway to Marvel fans. Uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever sneak peek tickets are available for you. Uh, that is also something you'll be able to get your hands on here. We'll give those away maybe even twice during the show today. That preview event comes on Thursday over at Boulevard West Theater. So uh, a lot to get to today, Tommy. College basketball is back. College basketball, uh, we saw wild things happen, which we know is coming now in the Transfer Portal era. You saw an interesting outcome where Sam Houston State beat Oklahoma, which featured quay Grant formerly of the Shockers, Casey Iziegu of the Cats beating Grant Sherfield on the other side for Oklahoma, former Shocker. That's the college basketball we live in now, Ricky. Council apparently looked really good in his transfer out. Like it's going to be familiar faces in new places all over the place in college basketball that we've got to get a get accustomed to, and that includes at Wichita State and K-State last night.
2: Yeah, there were obviously a, a full slate of games throughout um, all the conferences. And, and really, there there weren't a lot of matchups that you look at and you're like, all right, well, that's that's must see TV like that's tune in. We got to watch it. We got to see, you know, how it all how it all turns out. Um, now, obviously, the, the schools that we care about here uh, in the Wichita area. Um, You know, all played last night and all won um, in in fairly easy fashion, all three of them. Um, And and so I feel like everything went according to plan for the most part uh, last night. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like as we get further into it, I think we'll have a better understanding of where all three of these teams are. But last night was a good start.
1: It was a great start. It was Exactly what you wanted to see, I think, from all three teams. Maybe not so much from KU, because they did have that thing a little more cozy than people would like until really into the second half. Now, they still were able to go out and blow them out, just like it it was very similar to the Pitt State game, honestly. So you don't want to see them get that close, but the end outcome is exactly what you want to see. K-State, look, I'll, I'll make a bold statement. I don't even know how bold it is. Right now, November 8th, K-State ain't finishing last in the Big 12. K-State's going to be pretty good. They look they look good. They look really good. And Jerome Tang has them playing well. And you know, after the game, he's saying the things that you want to hear him say, like we're nowhere near where we need to be and all these things, which is probably true, but the reality is they're right where they need to be because we needed to see how good basically an entire new roster would be. They look really good right now. K-, K-, K State, like of the 3 wins, there's their start here through an exhibition and an opening game is probably the most impressive based on expectations. Um and Wichita State, you know Tommy for me, like I I I don't think I could I don't think we could see a better start for them either. Um we we've talked about the pressure on Craig Porter this year. He looks fantastic right now. Uh, 22 points last night the winner. We're going to start here with the Shockers. But I think what's really interesting for me Tommy out of the Shockers it's that you saw you know all but one guy get 10 plus minutes. So the you know the depth, the fact that we don't really know who the key guys are going to be yet and the fact that they got some good play out of the bigs. I you know we're wondering who's going to play the 5 for KU, maybe K-State, but but Wichita State all of a sudden looks like, with Quincy Ballard, who's given them pretty good defense, right? Two blocks, ten points. He's he's still very raw, but he's he's a physical presence there. And James Rojas looks pretty healthy. The Shockers have some skill down low that I don't know that we were counting on. That's not even including Kenny Poto, who might be behind those guys right now.
2: Yeah, it only took a couple of minutes for Quincy Ballard to be in the game, and, and you got that indication that, okay, uh, he's going to be a difference maker down low for this Wichita State team. Uh, And Isaac Brown really implemented that five in five out, uh, you know, sort of strategy. And it worked really well for Wichita State. And I know that it's early on and you're trying to get a a feel for everybody and an understanding of how the minutes are going to be dispersed from player to player. Um, But I think what was most impressive to me, and you know this, too, from following the Shockers for as long as you have uh, a year ago, there were stretches in games where Wichita State disappeared. They were gone offensively, like for minutes at a time. And they had one stretch in the first half that was kind of like that, but they got off to a great start, and then they were really able to maintain that going into halftime, and then throughout the second half. So um, I- I'd like to think, and at least my fingers are crossed, that those days of really extended stretches of poor offensive play are gone. And you've got somebody in Craig Porter Jr. You know, putting up 22 points. Uh, he he knows that he's the unquestioned leader of this team, and he can he can be that key guy offensively and defensively too, but especially in this, in this regard with the, the, you know, years past of lack of offensive production, he can really keep them in games offensively. Um, That was a great start for me. And, and, you know, I think that that indication that we've talked about all throughout the off season, that once we knew Craig Porter jr. Was coming back, we knew he was going to have to be the guy offensively. You know, I think he's up for the, up, up for the task.
1: Yeah, he's wired the right way. And, and you know, we had heard from people that have followed him throughout his career how good he is and can be with the right opportunity. Uh, he was that player in junior college. He was that player. So, it doesn't surprise, I think, many people who have watched him. But, you know, 22 points, four rebounds, four assists, a block, three steals, like He's filling it up right now and will be the leader on this team. And that's awesome to see because he's earned it and he deserves it. Uh, he came back. He wanted to come back. He knew this opportunity was big. But I I, I want to agree with you on the offense. I mean, I, I think that that's the case. I hope that that's the case. They, you know, they didn't shoot a high percentage from three. They were under 30%. That's not good. That's got to get better. Nine different guys, though, took a three. So... You know, last year, I think it was pretty clear early on the team expected to run through Tyson Etienne offensively. It did not, and they never could get comfortable offensively after that. Um, The fact that so many guys scored yesterday is a good sign. Craig Porter's going to be the guy, and he's going to get his opportunities. Nine of 11 from the field. You know, I think we could expect 10 to 11 shots from him at least every game, which is fine. I think you need that out of him at least and to facilitate things through him but you know this team can't just go as Craig Porter goes because that's what got this team in trouble last year doing that with Tyson Etienne and I don't get the indication that they're feeling that way right now uh Jaren Pierre took a bunch of shots didn't have a good shooting night can that get better I hope so cuz clearly he's a guy that they want to take shots but he had 7 boards it was interesting, Tommy, we, you know, college basketball, I, I have enjoyed um, lines with college basketball and betting. So last night was the opening betting night for college basketball. And historically, one of the things that happens early in a season is the Shockers go under their totals. Um, that's been a good thing to watch. We've watched that for years. Um, and, you know, it's last night when that game started, because there were a few few people on it that that we were chatting about it with and. You know, I was trying to monitor all three games, and and I had my daughter's basketball practice, so I'm just getting messages, and it's like this under is going to get destroyed. It's going to be bad. They're going to beat this under on their own. And they did, man. They got to 80 points. The under was 145, but the defense was there, 55 points allowed. And that's what's really interesting, too, because sometimes when you get a whole lot better offensively, you lose something defensively, and through one game, the defense looked Really, really good. 55 points. The exhibition we won't take too much out of on that. But 55 points is 55 points allowed. And they only allowed 13% from three and 30% from the field. That will, we know historically through Shocker basketball, be the thing that guides them through and helps them win in games that they play. If the offense can regain some efficiency, I think there's good reason for optimism. Uh, let's let's get you some cuts of this here because you could, of course, hear this on our Odyssey Family Networks over on KEYN. We'll start with uh, Quincy Ballard and talk about the bigs. Quincy Ballard here.
3: Out front, Clipman, left corner, Oliver Carey. quick three, long over the other side, rebound, Jaron Pierre, pushes it up the middle of the floor. Lobs for Ballard who lays it in. That was wow. a tough catch, a nice shot by Quincy Ballard on the finish.
1: So Quincy Ballard, Tommy, is an interesting one because... You know, we know he's big. We know he has a good pedigree, but he's raw, right? That's what we hear when they bring in Quincy Ballard, and I think we probably saw that the physical gifts are there, but he also looked gas pretty quickly. Um, and in spurts, I think he's going to be a real factor. How you know how conditioned can he become? Could be a big reason for shocker success or lack of it this year.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's fair to say. I think it's also fair to say that one of the areas that um, he probably needs to develop you know a little bit more and and probably will as the season goes on is, is rebounding he finished with five rebounds that's that's good um but Wichita State gave up what was it 16 offensive rebounds to Central Arkansas in that game uh and so they need to to get a little bit better um you know, yeah, the sample size is small. It's one game, but, you know, need to get a little bit better in the post sure. blocking out, you know, making sure that the opponents are not grabbing 16 offensive rebounds in a game. Um, but other than that, I mean, I feel like he, he provides that energy um, and he provides, you know, a big body down low where he can be an option in the post where really that had been not super developed and not, you know, super effective in, in previous years. So I like where he's at one game in, um, and I think that that development will come.
1: Defensive rebounding, you bring that up, that is a thing uh, for the Shockers over the last few years that they've got to be better at, right? They And they out-rebounded them last night, 36-26, to 26, so that's good. It's Central Arkansas. But yeah, you have to be able to rebound um, in this league. James Rojas, we talk about Ballard and his need to kind of come in and out. Rojas played 20 minutes. And Poto plays 13, but Rojas sort of elevated his game down low. And, as we'll hear right here, he's got a little more to his game than just down being a big.
3: Shema Scott goes by Ola Oluwakari, drives the lane, dishes left corner, Rojas for three.
1: Good. Oh, they're sweet.
3: James Rojas with his first three ball, nine points now in the game for the Alabama transfer. Shockers back up by 19.
1: So you got Rojas from Alabama. You've got Quincy Ballard coming in from Florida State. Two pedigree guys, two monsters down there. This is where Wichita State can really help itself. And it was their opportunity guys, right? They just needed a different opportunity, whether it be because of injury, whether it be because of whatever it is. Now they've got a chance to do that. They get coached up. And you like to see that. Depth down there is is going to be. Very important for Wichita State what it wants to do defensively for creating opportunities for shooters. Now the shooters have to hit shots. They've got to do that. They've got to be shot makers. And and I think, you know, time will tell which of those guys are going to become just those absolute shot makers. But if you're getting good play down low, which the shockers have had, you've got to be able to hit those outside shots. And they didn't shoot a high enough clip uh overall, but you know, they they got some of it. Gus Okafor, a guy that they're going to lean on, we think. He took a couple of threes last night, hit one of them. Here it is right here.
3: To Okafor, back out front to Porter. Jaquan Walton, Xavier Bell, back in three by Okafor. Good, yeah. in the left wing. Gus Okafor with just his second basket, his first three, and that builds the lead back up to 20 for Wichita State.
1: And we'll see what happens with Colby Rogers. He's the transfer in from Siena that's not playing yet. We hope to get him on because he was, of all the transfers uh, that I can remember, and this is like top-of-the-head memory, but he was the shooter, right? Colby Rogers was the guy out of Siena. He had a really high percentage, so hopefully they'll be able to get him in. But they hit some threes, not enough, still not at a high enough clip. And then the other thing, Tommy, that I think, and this goes back to that hitting the under even though the offense played really well, is the way that the Shockers defended. And they defended well. Jaquan Walton, big opportunities. Here he is with a steal and a bucket the other way.
3: From the field, the steal by Jaquan Walton to the basket and gets the layup. Actually jumped off the wrong foot, but just tremendous quickness flashing out to steal that one and take it all the way for the layup. Yeah, uh, you've got a kid that long that's played on on the perimeter.
1: Watch out. I mean, he's just, it's a danger waiting to happen. Six blocks, six steals. Fourteen turnovers, Tommy. Uh, let's get some thoughts from Isaac Brown after the game, and then Tommy react to what we're what we've seen here.
3: Report card on your opening performance, Coach.
4: Overall, I thought we were able to play a lot of guys. I thought we got the ball up the floor. I thought we defended at a high level. I think they shot thirteen percent from the three point line, um, under thirty from the two point field goals. Um, overall, I was pleased.
1: Overall I was pleased too Tommy. I think that was about yeah, so, as, exactly what we wanted to see.
2: Yeah, so was I. I mean, look, we know Craig Porter Jr is the guy. 22 points in 20 minutes of, of basketball. I think the the big question is since we know that and Craig Porter Jr knows that and the Shocker staff knows that, the opponents know that too. Uh and so who is going to be other options? You know, we I don't I don't want to say that And I think you mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. It's not necessarily that this team goes where Craig Porter Jr. goes, but I think that you need to develop some other people around him. And um, we saw flashes of that last night. Porter was was great. He was incredible. Um, I I saw some of the clips from him crossing guys up. And, I mean, just really, really great stuff. But. I'm, I'm encouraged by what we saw from Quincy Ballard. I'm encouraged by what we saw from James Rojas. You know, having that option down low is going to be important. I don't think we're going to see this kind of distribution of minutes, um, you no. know, deep into the season. We're going to know who the rotation is. We're going to know who the, the, the big playmakers are as we get a little bit deeper. But as we go through this early stretch, it's going to be important to see who rises to the top and who earns those additional minutes, who can play up alongside Craig Porter and provide some other options.
1: Man, Isaac Brown is old school. The guys that, that practice the best are going to be the guys that play. Hey, he He's a disciple of Greg Marshall. That's a thing that has been a staple for Shocker basketball forever. Doesn't matter who starts. Who's getting the most minutes is going to be based on who's doing the right things at the right time. I do think, though, that this can be and might be a team that goes as Craig Porter goes. That's okay. That's fine if Craig Porter's going well. You have to be able to adjust from that, though, and that's something they couldn't do last year with Tyson Etienne. That'll be the key. I don't mind everything going through Craig Porter. I don't mind Craig Porter being the focal point. I think he's that kind of player. You just have to not solely rely on that because those nights he has off, you still have to be able to create offense. I think the best-case scenario is they get offense out of their bigs, that just creates easier offense for everybody else. But if Craig Porter's going to be the guy and he starts to have a high shot volume and and the offense really leans on him, I don't have a problem with that. It just can't be what it was last year when. And it's a little that Craig Porter and Tyson Etienne are very different players, right? Tyson Etienne was a was a three, he shot three pointers basically, and and you know I think one of the knocks was going and creating offense in other ways. He he eventually, I think, got better at that, and I think he will, by the way, get better at that, and he'll end up being a really good professional player. Um, Craig Porter doesn't solely rely on outside shots. He's going to create offense. He's going to get to the free throw line. He's going to do those things that even if he's having a bad shooting night will still make him dangerous offensively. So, again, one game, it's against Central Arkansas, right? I, I But I couldn't be happier with the Shockers in this opening test. They get Alcorn State on Saturday afternoon, uh, and then it's on the road to Richmond. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about Richmond's roster, but what I do know is Richmond traditionally is a pretty good team. So, and you got to go on the road and play it. So this will be a nice little test here uh, to get to that point, that game. They'll have time off after Alcorn State to get ready for the Richmond game, and then it's tournament time. Uh, But they get Richmond. That one will come next Thursday. So, shockers they're out of the gates here things looking pretty good one more at home that you hope is kind of a cupcake in alcorn state although i think alcorn state's had some years in recent history they i know they've played uh wichita state a few times but again kind of just want to see the same thing we saw in this game right
2: yeah i mean you know like you mentioned going back to craig porter he can finish at the rim he can cross somebody up and he can shoot the three so he you know he's a multi-dimensional player he can score at all levels he can get downhill um, and that's great, and I don't disagree with you that if if he's playing well, the, t- the team can absolutely run through him. I would love, and I'm sure Isaac Brown would love, to develop other talent around him and sure. have there be multiple options. And so I was encouraged by what we saw with a very small sample size. Uh, I think that as we go on and as we get through this non-conference, that we're going to start to see a couple of other guys, and it might be Quincy Ballard. It, you know, it might be Xavier Bell. We haven't talked about Xavier Bell much. He started the game, finished with two points. Uh, so I think that though, I think that as you know, time goes on, we're going to start to see who can kind of rise to the top.
1: Yeah, Bell has some work to do, and I think things. I think both things can coexist. I think Craig Porter can be the guy, and that they can develop other things. If Craig Porter is the guy. I think it will be because of all the right reasons, and it's because he's playing out of his mind, like he did last night and in the exhibition game. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll hit KU, the local kid, Dick, big game. Uh, Is he, like, one and done freshman of the year candidate? Is he a player of the year candidate? I don't want to get too excited, but Dick's a hometown kid. We got to love it as much as we can here. We'll come back. We'll talk Jayhawks, Cat fans. We got Wildcat talk coming up, too. A big debut for Jerome Tang. 869, 1240. We'll come back here on Sports Daily.
0: Brady Dick, by the way, with 21. This could be 23. It is. 15 footer falls, and now he's entering Josh Selby and
3: Xavier Henry type territory for best numbers in a career debut. Quentin Grimes comes to mind. Yeah. Now don't touch the knobs, cause I think we're gonna have some fun with this one here. Oh, yes. day. You got to give it to me.
1: Tommy, it is dick time at the college level. We've been following this guy for Three years now in high school, and now he's on the national stage, and he looks fantastic through an exhibition game and an opener. Grady Dick, right now, Tommy, looks to me like he might be the best player on this team. Uh, Second best, at least, with Jalen Wilson. He
2: looks incredible through two games. Yeah, he does. We need to find a new way for you to uh, introduce that, though. Um, But but regardless, I I know you're (laughs) it is what it is. But yeah, no, it was it was a great start for Kansas. Um, You know, I feel like with what Grady Dick brings to the table, it's just that that pure athleticism and just the that smooth shot um yeah I mean it, it's incredible he provides a scoring threat for the Jayhawks that they haven't had in a while uh and it was you know we, we saw some of it in that exhibition game against Pitt State but it was on full display last night um against mm-hmm. Omaha so uh yeah I mean that that's that's a weapon we and he's been highly touted we've known that around here for a while right but yeah. to see him on that stage with the defending national champions um yeah I mean he's as good as advertised
1: it's um it is going to be a blast to watch him play. It may just be for one year. The development of Grady Dick from the first time I saw him play at Collegiate to right now is staggering. Um, it is just, it's unbelievable. And he was, you know, highly touted there. And you could kind of see it. it. It's similar to, to what we've seen out of, you know, different sport. But Avery Johnson at Mays, like, Early on, you can see, okay, look like pretty good athlete. Uh, okay, And then then the next year, it's like, oh, well, yeah, now now they're they're developing a little bit physically and getting a little bigger. And then by the end, which was last year for Grady Dick and now this football season for Avery Johnson in a similar way, you're just like, holy smokes, like that's just different that that just looks different and Grady Dick just looks different right now. His three-point shot is going to be near possible to defend because he's so tall. Four of six from three last night, nine of 13 from the field, right? He's And, and the thing about him that will get really interesting to me, Tommy, and, we, and it's not just Grady Dick. He looked good in other places too, but he's you know he's from Wichita, so we're going to follow him naturally. But the thing that will be interesting, and we saw this last year at Sunrise – is he is a high flyer. We've seen that at times at KU. There's a great picture of his dunk last night and just how athletic he is. But he's a high flyer. He can make incredible plays down low. But I think it's going to be his ability to get that three-point shot off at any time he wants it that will play very early at KU. And then as a creator, we'll have to see. But my goodness, Um, physically, early on, I don't think he's going to be missing out on anything. I think he's there right now. Now he's still got to learn how to play college basketball at that level. He had Luke Barnwell in Sunrise, one of the best programs nationally, uh, to get him ready as a prep school. So I think he's going to come out of the gate swinging. He's not the only guy that looked good. Jalen Wilson has also looked really good, right, which is what you want to see and what you would expect. But 19 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. He's the star of the game. Um, He's doing all of the things. Dewan Harris continues, eight assists. He had double-digit assists in the exhibition game. So those three guys right now are ahead. And the starting five, Kevin McCullough is going to be a factor. We've seen Kevin McCullough before, right? We know he's going to be good. It's the five that everybody's worried about. I have high hopes for Bobby Pettiford coming back this year healthy. He looked good last night. What do they get at five and it will. This will be the question, and, and I don't know the answer to this. Now, we. I love KJ Adams as a player. He is a physical beast. He reminds me of some of the really good power forwards um, at KU in recent years that are just high energy, high octane. Can he play as a five once we get into Big Twelve play? I don't know that answer, but right now he can. And you know, Uday doesn't get the start. He played 14 minutes. He was okay. Uh, five points, five rebounds. I don't think they're going to have him be offensively what they've had from, you know, Doak to David McCormick, but if he can be defensively, I think they'll be okay. So the question becomes, can they get enough defense out of the combination of Uday and Adams, Tommy, to get that five spot filled?
2: Yeah, there were flashes from Ernest Uday last night. Um, and he's got a lot of potential, um, It's got to be developed a little bit for him. Uh, K.J. Adams is just a great athlete, and he was a year ago, was a lot more raw a year ago, and I want to see him take that next step this season. I'm a little bit surprised through the first, like, the exhibition game and the opening game that we haven't seen more of Zach Clements, Um, and so that makes me wonder where he is at in his development. That's the biggest question, though, with this team is what are they going to do at the five? Um, And right now, they don't necessarily need it, but they will. They will as yep, they get yep. deeper into the season. Um, going back to what you had mentioned about Jalen Wilson, uh, I don't know if you recall this or not, but he got off to a terrible start a year ago. It took him a long time. Like, we're talking weeks and weeks and weeks to actually get his game up to speed a year ago. But this is his basketball team. I know they've got Grady Dick, and, you know, we we know all about what he can do. But this is Jalen Wilson's team. He's the veteran yep. now. Uh, it's not... You know, there's no more Remy Martin. There's no more Christian Brown, no more Ochai Abaji. no more David McCormick. This is Jalen Wilson's team. And so the fact that he was able to come out of the blocks the way that he was able to do so with 19 points, 11 rebounds, seven assists, he was scoring in transition. Um, He was shooting the three better than what we had seen him shoot the three last season. That's going to bode well for the Jayhawks. And so, yeah, it's it's natural to want to focus on the incredibly talented McDonald's All-American and Grady Dick. But man, Jalen Wilson, we talked in the last segment about this team go or, or Wichita State going where Craig Porter goes. This team may very well go for Kansas where Jalen Wilson goes.
1: I think that Jalen Wilson will take a similar step to Ochai Abashi. whether he's the, you know, arguably the best scorer in the country. I don't know. But I think he will develop into being their go-to guy. I think Dewan Harris also in a very different way now, right, because he's a different kind of player, will also be that. I think Bill Self was right when he said before the exhibition game that those two guys have grown the most, and basically they'll go as those two guys go. I will say I've always had a gut feeling of how much Bill Self likes Bobby Pettiford. Uh, Pettiford was hurt all year last year. Don't be surprised if he is right there with Harris running the point on – pretty close minutes before this season's over with. I think he's got a chance to be really, really good. But
2: yeah, Dewan it, it, Harris it is has
1: Jalen Wilson's team, but Grady Dick's going to take over games at times sure, this year.
2: Sure. Dewan Harris has a great motor. Um, you know, his energy is is up there. Um, and so I think that's part of the reason why, you know, he's got the the starting point guard job and because he's been there. He's the veteran. He's been there for um, three.
1: This is th- year three basically is yeah. the starter.
2: Yeah, so I, I get it. I understand why he's getting the minutes there, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, as Bobby Pettiford works his way back, if he can get into the rotation even more, get more minutes. But I don't disagree with you, you know, at all. I mean, I, I think that's when when you uh, you'd be an idiot to to say that Grady Dick can't take over games. Like he absolutely can. Um, what is so encouraging to me, and, and granted, Bill Self was not on the sideline, will not be on the sideline for the next couple of games, but historically the way that bill self coaches freshmen, uh, it takes a special kind of player to start as a freshman and to get the minutes that Grady Dick got 32 minutes, 23 points. Um, you know, you have to look at guys like Andrew Wiggins and, um, you know, I know that Quentin Grimes, you know, a couple years ago, he debuted with a great game against Michigan State, kind of declined after that. But it takes a lot for Bill Self to put trust into a freshman like that and and get him into the rotation. Um, it's not, you know, it, it's not uncommon for there to be freshmen coming in uh, and, and Bill Self keeps him on the bench for a while. That's not the I, case with Grady Dick. And we wondered, too, about
1: Grady Dick in that role, because Bill Self also normally won't talk up a freshman like that. And he kind of has with Grady Dick, very subtly so far, but he has mentioned on numerous occasions that he looks like he's going to contribute right away. He looks like he's like he's just given little subtle, you know, nuggets that what might be a bigger picture of they're probably sitting back saying, "Holy crap, we got something here." right? Like yeah. he, this this kid's ready now. And and because they don't have to say Anything about it, but all off season we've seen a little. Yeah, and Grady Dick looks like he's going to be able to step right in right away. I mean, I, yeah. I, I I just I feel like there's something special about to happen this year with Grady Dick, and it's awesome because he's from Wichita.
2: Yeah. So is he in your mind? And I'm I'm thinking back, you know, to all of these highly touted McDonald's All American freshmen coming in. He's got to be the best one since probably Wiggins, right? Or Wiggins I mean, was the I know one. Ben that, that was there. Top. The the KU
1: fans, because Wiggins was here before I was, right before. Uh, but the KU, you know, lifers and fans, that was the name that got brought up like since Wiggins, right? That was the one that I keep hearing. Um, of the freshmen that I've seen, boy. Um Josh Jackson was really good. Ubre was really good at times and in spurts. Those are both obviously NBA guys. Uh yeah, I mean, I think in a debut game, he looked better than those two. Um, and th- and those two are really good freshmen. But yeah, yeah I-, so I think so. Brady
2: Dick, uh, he had the most points in a KU debut since, what, Xavier Henry back in 2009? It's been a long time. Been a minute. Since there's been somebody that led the team in points like that in a KU debut. Um, I think it's probably just the start of things to come.
1: I think it's time to get appropriately excited. If you live here and and know where he's from. All right, let's give away some Black Panther Wakanda Forever sneak preview tickets. We're going to give away a four pack. We'll give away another four pack in the next hour, but a four pack right now to the second caller. That sneak preview is at Boulevard Theaters in Town West Thursday. That's this week, Thursday at 7 o'clock. See it before everybody else and then brag to your friends about it. Four pack right now. Jad will take that call. We'll come back. We'll talk some K State hoops.
4: Selling a little or a lot?
1: Basketball fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place a single first basket score prop bet on any NBA game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. An authorized gaming partner of the NBA, turn game time into showtime with BetMGM. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in Kansas to bet. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing, Casino, and Hotel. Tommy? Tommy? KU, uh, sorry, K-State was a bet that I made last night as well to cover. They covered easily. I was sort of betting on what we saw in the exhibition game. That looked really, really good. And I wonder how many opportunities we'll get with the Cats now, uh, both in betting and in real life, where they're underrated a little bit based on preseason expectations, where they have a good chance to come in and exceed those expectations. K-State actually has a really early good opportunity on the road in a true road game against Cal on Friday. So that's a pretty rare thing to see super early, like game two out of the gate, but I love it. I love that they get that game early because what's looked really good so far, you just want to see them continue to work and get the momentum. But kind of like Wichita State, Tommy, a ton of guys get a ton of minutes. They had six different players in double figures last night. Six, if they can go rotationally and go 10 deep like that, boy, they can go high energy and high octane and keep defenses on their
2: heels. How great was it to see Keontae Johnson on the court for 26 minutes, put up 13 points. Uh, We've talked about him before, the question about whether or not he would ever even play basketball again. And, you know, he's in Jerome Tang's program and, and looked really good. I think what was most exciting for me in that game Uh, Was the assist to turnover ratio was 25 to 14. They held on to the ball, but they distributed it well. And I think that's going to bode well for a team that maybe doesn't have a takeover the game kind of talent, like one person to really shoulder the load they're going to distribute it out to a bunch of different people and they were able to do so with relative ease in this first game last night. Um, Look for that to continue. This is a team that they need to not turn the the basketball over uh, and they need to find multiple different ways to score. They were able to do that last night. I mentioned, I think it was yesterday on the show that I felt like Kansas state had the opportunity to make the biggest impact out of the three teams that we follow here. I think they did. I think that they made the biggest impact, the biggest statement, uh, in their in their opening game and and I feel like the future is pretty bright.
1: Yeah, I think all three teams have made large statements in exhibitions and game ones. Um, and 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 that's to be expected to some degree, right because you're you're not playing great teams, but that doesn't always happen and it especially doesn't always happen in recent memory with the shockers or K State. They've by comparison, you can make the case that and, and again, this is in relative terms. KU, I think, is the best team of the three, so don't take this the wrong way. But in relative terms and by comparison, you can say that Wichita State and K-State have made bigger statements, right? Because the expectations have just been so low. KU's the defending national champion. We expect them to be awesome. K-State and Wichita State both. Like, we don't know what to expect. And you can guess at it, but it's a guess because they're all new players. And K-State comes out now, and, and I think probably that Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson are the leaders in the clubhouse to be the, the top scoring options. But maybe, I mean, K-State, we saw six guys in double figure. I'm not so sure, Tommy, that doesn't sort of become the norm to have four or six guys contributing offensively because they just have a bunch of different good players.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all, and it gives the opponent different looks. I mean, you're you're throwing out guys that have different skill sets and uh, able to do different things, and some of them can attack the rim, and some of them can shoot from the perimeter, uh, and so it's gonna kind of switch things up a little bit. Uh, I think that's a good thing to to have. You mentioned at the top of the show that y- you know you said that Kansas State is not gonna finish last in the Big Twelve. Like you're putting that on record right now. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't disagree with that. I think the only thing that stands in their way is how difficult the conference is. Sure. Um, yeah. And and it might not be as difficult as we think. I mean, I know it's only one game into the season, but Oklahoma lost to Sam Houston State. TCU just about lost last night too, and they were able to pull out the victory. So um, it might not be as difficult as everybody thought um, at the at the bottom uh, half of the Big Twelve. But um, yeah, I certainly wouldn't. I, I wouldn't bet against Kansas State uh, to finish last.
1: Kansas state has a Baylor vibe to it, um, which shouldn't surprise they should. us. Obviously. That's where your own came from. Right. Yeah. That shouldn't surprise us. It has a tech vibe to it in recent years, bring in a ton of talented players and just have a ton of talented players. Right. And, and it, it will take some time to sort out uh, the details later and that's okay. Oklahoma. I, I think Kansas state's going to be better than Oklahoma, um, but that's to be determined. They've got a really good coach and, also, I'm sure brought in a bunch of really good players. TCU had really high expectations this year. I will say on TCU, and I don't know anything about Rio Grande Valley, but I, I sometimes look at you know the BetQL app, which we've talked about before, um, which we have as a partner with us here, and it's a, it's a great resource if you're wagering. But I use it even to just get a vibe, for, especially like right now in college basketball, when we really don't know a lot about teams. So I'll look on there and see, okay, based on their data and whatever it is they use to rate these bets, like what are they seeing? One of their their top bet of the day, I'm pretty sure it was their top. It may have been in the top three, was was going against TCU, betting the points the other way. And so that told me, okay, Rio Grande Valley is probably pretty good. And and it, and it played itself out. So I look at that. So I'm, I'm going to pause on TCU and wonder if they just played a really good mid-major uh, because their expectations are really, really high this year. I don't want to take too much from what we saw game one in a negative way. I think it's easier to take positives than negatives because negatives are real easy to come by this time of year, and I don't think they tell us quite as much. Now, if we get a week or two into this and Oklahoma's still struggling, I think then we're like, okay, this may be how this is sorting itself out. It, it's, a, it's an interesting time, K-State fans. I think the time is now, and I was a skeptic to begin on how they'd be this year. I'm convinced they ain't finishing last. They're too talented. They got too many good players. Uh, Okay, let's come back when we come back to hour number two. And we can get back into more of college basketball uh, as we get into the second hour. But when we come back immediately, we're going to have Dan Israel in, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. We'll talk about the Titans game, what a strange one it was, and look ahead to the coming week. We'll do that next on Sports Daily.